When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that is now in its 10th year. This week on Heart and Hand, we started this show with a title and we're going to finish this season with one as well. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand and Angels podcast. My name is David Edgar and joining me on this season opening look ahead to what we can expect over the next tumultuous nine months are some of the very cream of Heart and Hand. Yes, uh, we, we've brought out the big guns, so to speak. So let me immediately turn to the biggest of knobs. First of all, Mr Cameron James Bell. David, how are you, my friend? It's wonderful to be back. Ten years, bro. Ten years we've been doing this shite. Feels like 20. It does. <laughs> I've aged. I've aged. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Joining me is someone who is, let's be honest, the heart, the soul, and more importantly, the work rate of Heart Man, Mr. Ian Hogg. How you doing, brother? 10 years, eh? Mm-hmm. I remember remember getting round a table to record. <laughs> and, now, and now we've got the wonders of Skype, so you don't need to leave the house. No, I don't need to leave well the house, yes. Uh, and of course, along the way, we've managed to to pick up a few stragglers and none struggle with uh, such style as Mr Martin Ramsey. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, David. Good evening, gentlemen. Happy birthday, etc., etc. Yeah, it's always fun when we kick off the season. And uh, because you have that that hope don't you nothing's gone wrong yet um even though with rangers it quite often doesn't take long but uh yeah we've had a good pre-season i think it's fair to say it wrapped up at the weekend there with a victory over derby county and cammy for the first time in I, i don't even want to bother remembering rangers haven't had to basically kick out an entire squad and bring a whole new one in from scratch no, it hasn't been a massive rebuilding process, which we're usually discussing around about this time of year. Um, we've had uh, a very, very strong pre-season, um, and, and obviously we'll include within that 
some of the the European qualifiers, which obviously they've already played. Um, and I think we've we've done very well. I think that we've recruited very well. We've had some very very significant losses. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've done really well in terms of coming in with it. But again, obviously the huge losses. My beloved Kyle Lafferty. Um, we'll come back to that. I'm sure. Yes, did he fall or was he pushed or could he just not be asked standing up in the first place? Uh, I suppose we'll never know. Hoggy, another thing that's quite pleasant is starting a season with the same manager we kicked off the 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 last one with and uh, actually the fans quite liking him. Yeah, there's not been a lynching yet. Um, and, you know, there's there's been no standing in bushes. There's been no plan B as to do plan A better. There's been no tune of jackets and zips. So um, yeah, Andy's a handsome dude. So I, I, I think we're all still, still very much in love with Stephen Gerrard. Apart from Martin, um, I, I'm, I'm going to hear a sigh any minute. Uh, but you know, he's. I, I think I, I, I agree with Cammy. I think he's done pretty well over the summer. Last summer there was somewhat of a rebuilding exercise yet again. There felt a bit of a scattergun approach because it was there were so many positions that required to be filled. There was questions over James Tavernier and whether he was going to be a captain or even a, a decent captain. Um, and we've brought in seven players. We've let some go, but there hasn't been that wholesale rip up to start again. Um, I think that's to Stephen Gerrard's. Um, uh, I, I think that's you know we praise him for that. Some of the guys that have come in, probably a bit of a question mark. Some just seem to have hit the ground running. Your Edmondsons and Aribos and, or Aribos or however the fuck you say it. Um, Philip Hellander looked every bit the Viking warlord at the weekend. And uh, yeah, so it all, all feels pretty, pretty decent stuff. And yep, um, the manager along with his backroom team, um, I think they, they've... They've they've got quite a bit of uh, stock from last season, I think, David. Long-term listeners will know that uh, I don't trust blonde men, and uh, it's my hang-up, uh, but I've been proven right repeatedly throughout my life. And the one time I relaxed that rule was for Stephen Naismith, and look what happened. So Philip Hellander got a bit to go, really, before uh, I fully embraced him. Nah, I'm just kidding, folks. I'm like everyone else, like kid with a new toy. And Martin, it was a signing. Let's, let's start then um, with the signings, because he's the biggest one so far, £3 million. Stuart Robertson was saying last week that Rangers will probably bring in, well, there's money for one more big signing, was how he put it. And obviously the, the Morello situation is, is yet to be resolved. But signing a, a, a big strapping centre-half for millions of pounds from Serie A, my God, it was just like the old days. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I think it caught most of us by surprise. It was um, not a huge window uh, of time between it being uh, rumoured and completed. And I'm not sure at the end of May whether any of us expected, especially um, with Edmondson uh, coming in and, and Katic, I think, quite firmly uh, regaining his place in the, the thoughts of the manager that, that we expected over over three million pounds to be spent on a on a centre half. I think we expected a fourth to be added um, because we we really have to have four. Um, we struggled with that that last season when, when McCauley was was no longer an option, and. Yeah, 
Gerard could point to the fact that well we we outscored the rest of the division last season, but we we did lose some sloppy goals. Um, that's a very simple view of of the, the the stats last year. I guess it could be argued if we'd put more games to bed um, earlier, then the pressure wouldn't have weighed so highly on the defence, uh, and maybe that is still um, the, the the problem area we need to get right. But um, there's a good mix of talent there. I think Edmondson uh, rave reviews and rightly so uh, against Progress. Um, I don't know what you boys think. The quickest defender we've got. Yeah, I'd say so. And we seem to lack that that recovery pace, which at Ibrox, when you're playing against teams that sit in, you need badly. And I don't really think we had that too much last season. Uh, he seems good with the ball. Uh, challenging for headers is, is, is maybe something that gives me a, a little bit of concern. Um, but we, we have a complement of, of skills there. And uh, it's it, as we saw last season when he, he got Goldson in, he got Catties in, and more importantly, he got McGregor in, that was the the base in which that, that early start in Europe was, was certainly um, built upon. Let me play devil's dick advocate, though, here, lads. Um, four first-choice centre-backs. I mean, they, they look as... All of them look as though they could go in and play, and that's, that's great. But realistically, um, they're not going to play. That's generally why I think most of us expected the fourth one to be either uh, an older, experienced player or, or perhaps even one of the youngsters, young Lewis Mayo, of course, had featured quite regularly in the, in the pre-season. Will there be the temptation to change the defence about? Because that was something that a lot of fans were concerned about last season, that the defence seemed to alter uh, very regularly. And, and maybe we're behind the times. Maybe it's just uh, a sign of our age that I think we were always brought up to be told you want a steady back four in defence. That's You know you can change up front, you can change wide players, etc. But you need to have that understanding. I mean, Hoggy, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I I fully, fully expect for the majority of games at the start of the season that the, the, the centre-backs will be Goldson and Hellander because that's the guys that we've paid the money for. Goldson, I thought, tailed away at the end of last season um, or maybe from about February onwards. But you've got to remember, Goldson had only played something like 20 games yeah. in three years. Um, last year, he played over 40, I think, and... You know, he'd never really done that for a number of years. So this year's going to be pivotal for him, but I think he starts. Um, Hellander, we've paid a lot of money for him, so he's he's not not going to play. Um, Katic, Katic last season always got better when he didn't play. I think we've all said that. But to be fair to him, he came back into the side when Warrell, it was clear, you know, he wasn't going to stay and didn't want to stay. Um, Katic came in and did very well. He's also a a huge goal threat in the box. We saw it on Sunday that uh, he, he, he won everything at the back and, uh, and and in the opposition penalty area. The thing that really impressed me with Edmondson, though, um, I agree with Martin. I think he, he, he'll, he'll probably take a little bit of time to learn how to play up here and learn what balls to go for and what not to go for. His passing is superb. You know, long-range passing, you know, 40, 50-yard passing right on the money. So... I think, as Martin says, you've got a range of players there, but I fully expect the two guys that we've shelled out a total of £5 million on, Golson and Hellander, to be the first choice. The others need to be um, at it to take their, take their opportunities. We're going to play games in Europe like Progress Away, where we think we're through. 
we're going to play East Fife in the Cup, we're going to play games like that, that, that's where I think we'll see some rotation. But when it's games that we need to be on it, if you like, no disrespect to the others, when it's Kilmarnock away, when it's Hibs at Ibrox, when it's uh, Mitterland from, from Denmark away, you'll see, I think, Hellander and Goldson play. Cammy, the, the one area that maybe surprisingly Rangers haven't brought a player in just based on how last season ended is left-back because obviously we brought in uh, round about this time last year, but on the Barisic, uh, he had a bit of an injury strewn season, didn't quite manage to cement that first team place. John Flanagan filled in towards the end of the season, did well. Andy Halliday had also filled in on occasion and, and did reasonably well. But I think there was a suspicion that, that Barisic might be on his way and, and wasn't based on, on flimsy evidence. The manager had spoken in fairly derogatory terms about him a few times over the season. Uh, it looked as though he'd be on his way, but he has featured in the pre-season. But that said, when we played Progress, um, biggest you know, match of the admittedly only three uh, the, the only three competitive ties, in came Andy Halliday. So were you a little surprised perhaps that Rangers didn't go out and get someone in that area? I was surprised in terms of you know, we, we, we have to make a decision that, you know, what we want to do there. And I don't know if we're quite at that point yet because, um, you know, on paper, it certainly looks like a position that, you know, could be a, a significant hole in the team. Barisic, for me, I wonder if Gerard's thought process is with Barisic, he's got a player who is a natural left back who has the ability to be able to play there. I think Flanagan is somewhat limited and I think Andy Halliday will give you absolutely everything. And so he wants to be able to try and use that position, you know, for for the different resources that he has in it, like he would anywhere else in the pitch. But those are very different in terms of the, the, the selection options that he, that, that, that he can he can rely back on. Um, Barisic has been making the right sounds in terms of trying to integrate himself into the team. Um, I'm not overly keen on John Flanagan, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, and I've got a lot of sentimentality towards Andy Halliday, which is which is actually unfair because there were periods last season, especially in old firm games, etc., where Halliday looked perfectly solid in terms of what he was doing, more than capable of playing at a left-back position. Um, against our toughest opposition, so the manager, I don't, I don't think it's going to be an area that he's going to specifically recruit for now. Um, could be an area that he, he puts back to those players that I've just mentioned and said one, you know, one of you is going to feature, one of you is going to be back up, and one of you is probably going to spend a bit of time on the bench. The three of you have now got the option, or sorry, the opportunity rather, to prove to me what priority and what order that will be in. Um, we could go and shop in the January window if it becomes too much of, an, of a problem area. Um, but I don't think we're as bad as we make out. I don't think that we've got real crisis concerns there. Um, Barisic just has to keep it up if that's what he's looking to be able to do. And I think that really that's his only possible opportunity to play for the first team is in that position. He really needs to ensure that he backs up a lot of the um, talk that he's come out with with action. Yeah, I mean, he's, he certainly should have the talent. He's got the pedigree, and he, he should be able to nail that position down this season. And as you said, the attitude's been good. Um, he's, he's said the right things. He's impressed, certainly the manager, and, and here's hoping. Look, 
you know, if it took him a year to settle in and we get a couple of good years out of him, then move him on for a few quid, brilliant, you know, that's fine, it can happen. Some players hit the ground running, some don't. Into the midfield then, Martin, and it was a regular complaint from pretty much every Rangers fan. I can't think of many who didn't feel this way, that Rangers would struggle against pack defences to have a player who could play on the edge of a boxed-in team or a, a team sitting in behind the low block. As it's uh, as it's known by by those of us who are the cognoscenti, so they have uh, uh, maybe had the answer to our prayers with the arrival of Joe Aribo from Charlton Athletic. Now this is a big signing for Rangers, which might sound odd because Rangers have used the cross border loophole three hundred thousand pounds it'll end up, um, but there's you don't get a player like that for three hundred grand. There's a lot of, um, shall we say, uh, uh, signing ons and, and agents and whatnot. And he's on a big wage at Rangers. He really was the number one target. I think that was quite clear throughout the summer. And already he does look as though he provides something different to what we had. Yeah, he does. I mean, we've played a lot of games in July already. Uh, I, I. Go as far as saying that the progress game at home is probably the one that will reflect our season's reality more than any other, certainly at home, in terms of teams coming in, being very organised. I thought they actually defended very well and us being presented with that problem again. And we weren't as penetrative as we perhaps hope. Again, it's, it's July and, and, and all that. But here's this guy. Both goals, actually, we'll talk about Ojo in a minute, I'm sure, as well. Everything that we lacked last season that you can... Get your numbers behind the ball. You can frustrate um, uh, as much as you possibly can. But we've got someone now prepared to take the ball uh, with the skill and belief and just run straight at the heart of trouble. And that sets the hairs running and it creates space. And he took his goal brilliantly and, and Ojo's goal was from nothing. Goals from nothing that didn't happen enough, especially at Ibrooks. And cost us, cost us badly. And... If we were doing a Room 101, I think I'd put scorching pre-season hot takes right into it, uh, good or bad, just settle down and let's see where we are. Um, but if that can continue, and the the interest that that boy had around him um, didn't come from nothing. His uh, his performances, his, his numbers suggest that um, teams should have been looking at him. Uh, and for exactly that reason, he can make things happen uh, from deeper, deeper than maybe Arfield can, who uh, is more dangerous, just kind of hovering uh, further up. Um, he will run from deep and, and, and uh, as I said, do things that we were simply unable to do because we didn't have that dynamism in midfield. A lot of hard workers, a lot of square passers, a uh, lot of triers, but no one that will say, give me the ball uh, and I'm going to make something happen myself. Christ, how long has it been since we've had that? Yeah, I, the thing I like about Aribo is that he can dominate a game from midfield, but further up. I think a lot of the times when we think about guys who run a midfield, they tend to be deeper lying. Mm. They don't have to be. Um, and, and he has that ability. He's not a number 10 in the traditional sense no. of, you know, get the ball and beating a man in extraordinary moments of skill, although he is very skillful. But he's the type of guy who can just control the tempo of the game and uh, keep the passing moving and, and link up moves. But he does it, as you say, in that last third. He's an, old, a, he's an old school eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the box to box thing. It's uh, it's not waiting for the, the ball or the game to, to reach him. Because we have players, Kent last season, Arfield last season, um, who can still be dangerous when 
the game reaches them, especially on the break, because when they're covered in defenders and markers, it's not been quite as brilliant. Um, but it, it is taking that control, taking that responsibility, and responsibility is the word. Still too many last year, Rugby Park, February, or end of January, whenever it was. No one crying out for the ball when the the situation had did, the bu- the bubble was burst the situation was in in danger correctly of, of collapsing no one just wanted that responsibility of of taking a game by the scruff of the neck um and hopefully it's far too early to 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 say conclusively um but he has he has the kind of numbers he has the kind of uh, reputation um to be that kind of player hoggy a guy that i think we're all excited about um it's kind of a new player, but but clearly uh, there's a lot of history, and that's Stephen Davis. Uh, Stephen Davis arrived in January, wasn't fit, really struggled for the opening couple of months, and I think we were all perhaps a bit concerned that, oh, no, we've seen this movie before, guy returns to Rangers, not the same player, but but improved throughout the season to, by the end of it, be showing what a classy midfielder he is. And I have a feeling he's going to be very important for us this season, sitting there at the base of midfield. And he controls the game, but he does it in a way that is great from an attacking point of view because he'll start things for you. The likes of Stephen Davis compliments Joe Arribo brilliantly because you're right, Davis came into the team last year and it was, you know, catapulted into the team in Rugby Park alongside uh, Jermaine Defoe and it history will prove that it didn't work they weren't fit, the game kind of passed them by and, and, and a lot of the season passed Davis by but towards the end he was excellent he's had a proper pre-season behind him um, followed by pre-season games followed by competitive games albeit against St Joseph's of Gibraltar and uh, one game against Progress where actually I didn't think he had a, a particularly great game um, but in terms of in terms of the way that we're going to play going forward, we, uh, I think we've seen in a few of the, the friendlies, Blackburn, for example, that if, if Ryan Jack plays at Ryan Jack, who divides opinion, he's very hard working, but he's a, he's, he's a kind of six, seven out of ten where you're wanting that wee bit more. Um, when he's playing in front of Davis, they complement each other quite well. When Davis isn't there, and Jack comes back one, for example, to play in that role. It's he, he's he's clearly not as good. It's no surprise. We need Davis to remain fit. We need and we need to also find adequate backup for him, David, just in case we don't get the full season out of uh, out of Davis. But having that preseason, showing up in the preseason game, showing up in the European games to date. Stephen Davis, I would go as far to say as he's going to be one of, if not the most important player for us this season, because it just allows the likes of Aribo just to go to even if he's taking the ball deep, just just to go and play one twos and get forward. And Davis is always sitting there, mopping up, getting the ball, playing the kind of quarterback role um, and playing the ball forward. I think, Martin, you mentioned plenty of players that can play the ball side to side. Davis just keeps the ball going and going forward all the time. Cammy, we've got Ryan Jack, uh, Stephen Davis, uh, other options in there. Greg Doherty's returned and he's caught the eye in a few pre-season friendlies, etc. So we're not sure of bodies in there, but eyebrows were raised when Ross McCrory headed off on a season-long loan to Portsmouth. What are your thoughts on that one? 
I think it's a great opportunity for him to do what Greg Dockery has just completed and have a great season away on loan and not feel the frustration from being unable to get into the first team at Rangers consistently because uh, it's that kind of catch-22 of where he plays. Does he play as a holding mid, where actually I really like him? Does he play in a centre-half, where, as we've just mentioned, we've spent a lot of money being able to try and improve upon? It's difficult for him to be able to do that, and I think his chances are very limited. Um, I know that there were a lot of concerns from the the, the fans that Gerard. I, I think it was just a miscommunication, but there was there was a, a concern that Gerard had to come out and address, which was talking about McCrory going and Portsmouth having the option to buy him, with the likelihood being that they would buy him, and that wasn't the case. And I think that that probably shows where. The loan would be excellent, but we don't want to sell them because we definitely see them as an asset for the future. Um, and when you see, again, the, the season that Doherty had at Shrewsbury, there's definite advantages to being able to go there. And even in the very short time, because I mean, I'm you know following these things, even in the very short time that McCrory's been there, he's already getting some really positive reviews. I mean, the fans are really taken to him. They're seeing what's there. There's an absolute you know, talent within that within that boy. Um, and if he goes away off, succeeds in the loan spell, um, continues to develop, but gets the platform within which to do it, then uh, I, I hope that he comes back at the end of the season um, and we can start to envelop him within the team if that's, if that's going to be possible. Because I, I absolutely want to keep Ross McCrory. He's very, very important, I believe, to, uh, to Rangers in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, I think I understand that move because if I, I admit I was really Ross McCrory's going, but then when when I look at it, you know, Jack Davis, Arabo, Kamara, of course, Greg Doherty, Scott Arfield, you think is he going to play that regularly? And maybe it is better for us long term for him to go out and play forty, fifty games a season and 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 then come back ready. So of course, to up front, that's where a lot of Rangers signings have come in from, Martin. Um, we'll get to the striking positions at the moment, but uh, we'll call them the wide positions. Jordan Jones, who we knew about, had been tied up in January on a pre-contract. Uh, he's arrived in uh, alongside Jake Hasty, youngster from Mullerwell. And Greg Stewart, perhaps a, a little bit of a surprise signing. The star signing out of that, if you like, or the one that probably people are most excited about, is Shea Ojo, um, hoping to have the same impact as uh, that Ryan Kent had last year. I have seen, though, some concern, and I think it's valid, that with Daniel Kindeas now having left, Ryan Kent obviously has gone from last season, looks at this point, given what Jurgen Klopp said, that if Rangers want to sign him, we'll need to sign him permanently, and that might be beyond us financially. Uh, There is concern that maybe in these wide positions, Rangers might be a little bit weaker than we were last season. What what do you think? Um, Well, Ojo's a bit of an unknown. I think he does fall into that Kent category. And I would expect all of them to as is the nature of wide players, to fluctuate in terms of their form. That seems to be in the rules um, for, for, for old-fashioned wires, certainly. And it was the same for Kent before we slightly revised history all summer. Um, he he took a while, took a while to set on. His impact in, in more ways than one um, was, was very much in the, the, the second half of the season. And so 
It'll all depend. We're taking a big gamble. Um, certainly on on Hasty, who I think Raw would be the word. Daddy. Um, and for the future, for sure. Jones, the concern still is, uh, will he be suited to a team that doesn't counter-attack often? And my concerns are still very much uh, in place because I've... Uh, We've just not seen enough, um, so we'll have to wait and see in that. And as I said, Ojo, God, he again, he can, he can do things that Kent didn't, like the other night, uh, and just you know, a goal um, from absolutely nowhere. Um, but are we going to get that uh, consistently? He, he looks stronger, he looks more direct. But again, we we're talking about players that we don't really know well enough. In, in the, the, the case of Ojo, can they swap to go? Um, I don't think there's much doubt about that. Uh, but I guess last season we, we knew what we were getting from him, and we, you know, we we knew uh, exactly what we had there. But you're right, we now have uh, four. Stuart was the one I've forgotten about, which I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, when we're discussing New Rangers players, he seems to be the one that kind of uh, goes under the radar a, a, a wee bit. So we've got four players that we just either don't know anything about enough, or we don't know if they're going to be suited to playing for Rangers and I don't know many times we've had the conversation when signing SPL players is that they may shine for their particular club because of the way that they play and it's not the way that we play so uh, there's a lot of unknowns there yeah Um, and it would have been with Condace if in a perfect world to retain a a wee bit of um, what we know I guess can that work for you, what, what Martin refers to there, Hoggate, with Greg Stewart? Can that actually work in his favour, that there really isn't much expectation? I don't think I'm being unfair there. I, I don't think there are many Rangers fans who are expecting huge things from him. He was a little bit of a surprise signing, and he's clearly been signed on what he's done at Kilmarnock as opposed to how he finished the season with Aberdeen. He's not going to play every week, I wouldn't have thought, but... He does have certain abilities that perhaps we maybe have lacked. And I'm a great believer that this squad is being built, that the manager realises the need for composite players. And by that, what I mean is it would be lovely if we could get someone who could do all of it, but we can't. We can't afford that. It's that simple. So he's looking at the likes of, say someone like Jones, Jones's strength is getting the ball and running at defenders that's, that's what he does, he doesn't tend to dribble past them, he doesn't tend to hit the byline and whip a crossover, he gets the ball and he very directly hairs towards goal and sometimes we'll need that Stewart can play in and around clever player, nice touch um, can work well with others uh, a la what Scott Arfield does for us very importantly for us um, Hasty's got raw pace frightening pace and he can finish Ojo, as as Martin said, has that that X factor. He's, he's probably the most talented, not not probably undoubtedly the most talented natural talent out of the whole bunch. And is it a case of the manager saying between all of them they can do all the stuff we need? I just need to manage them properly to get it out of them at the right time. And maybe as fans, we'll need to accept that we'll get frustrated sometimes with these guys. But it's about their overall contribution. We need a squad, David, uh, and a squad to get us through the rigours of what four competitions, uh, especially in the first three months. Um, Greg Stewart, I was, I like everyone else, and no disrespect to Greg Stewart, 
I, like everyone else, thought, really? Um, much in the same way as I thought about Jordan Jones. And again, no disrespect to Jordan Jones, because I think to Martin's point, Jordan Jones looks great for Kilmarnock because they play in the break. Um, and that, that was the Steve Clark way. So, But we did see him get the ball and really drive at progress. Neither called won a penalty. Probably should have had another. So, hey, what do I know? Greg Stewart's 29. Um, doesn't quite fit the mould of the others. You know, all being young players, all being potential players that you'd look to develop at Ibrooks. Greg Stewart, I think, is almost there from the, you know, he's he's played in the SPL or the SPFL, as it might have been then. And he was, what I think he was in the shortlist for the Players Player of the Year, around about 2015 with Dundee. He went to big money move for Dundee to Birmingham. He did all right and then just started a series of loans to Aberdeen Kilmarnock and back to back to Aberdeen yeah. again. It's almost a case of it's almost a case of we know what we're getting from him because he's not going to, to improve significantly. He's going to be a guy who, like you say, gives us something a little bit different. Almost um almost the Alec Clellan signing, if you like, of of the summer. That we need a squad. We need to bolster the squad. We can't always rely on young on, on young players. We do need some players in the squad who aren't going to be re- aren't going to be regular starters, but do have the battle scars and the mental scars of some rejection and some failure, etc. And maybe that's the thinking. So he's he's very much a. Martin didn't remember him, so he, he's absolutely flown under the radar, really. Um, and you only kind of remember him when he comes on as a sub. So I think that's going to be his season. He's going to be there to try and provide something a little bit different, probably in the SPFL. And then, of course, we come to Cami, the <laughs> what seems like the eternal question at Rangers, and that's the striking positions. Now, as it stands on paper, I think Rangers fans could justifiably feel very confident we've got a fit and sharp-looking Jermaine Defoe who's clearly very excited about the season. Um, And we have Alfredo Morelos, but that is complicated by the fact that Alfredo Morelos has been linked with moves away for a while. Nothing has come of it so far. There are no bids in for him. And the constant speculation appears to be pissing off Steven Gerrard, who spoke about it yesterday. Um, It kind of feels like we're a wee bit in limbo until the window shuts and he's either here or he's not. That's exactly it, and I get that it's frustrating, and it's obviously it's frustrating the manager. He came out and kind of pretty much said as much uh, in his post-match against Derby uh, yesterday. Um, it is frustrating. I think um, we need to look at another option within there, and right now we're we're a bit blind because we don't know whether or not to buy that striker in this window or not. And if uh, if Morelos goes. And I know that obviously Gerard has said in several press conferences he he doesn't want to entertain last minute bids. Well, you know sometimes you don't get that choice. Unfortunately, um, we could be uh, suddenly bereft of options. Jermaine Defoe, I, I think you know from his his, his overall levels of fitness, his sharpness, etc., is, is is pretty extraordinary. And, and don't get all. I mean, you know, we've not faced. Huge, huge, significant, you know, test yet. But when he has played so far this season, he's all ready to come into it. I think that the Rangers support are probably pretty split on whether or not Jermaine Defoe could be 
a relied upon starter or a very good option to come off the bench during the game. Um, whereas everyone wants to see Morelos succeed. I want to see Morelos succeed because I think it's good for Rangers um, and hopefully good for him in the long run. Uh, but the challenge here is, as we've we've discussed, obviously in the the patron shows, is Rangers fans also need to understand that if a bid does come in for Alfredo Morelos that is, let's say, fifteen million pounds, for example, we cannot invest that money into a fifteen million pounds player. We need to buy a five million pounds player because if we go to that extent, we also need to pay that person, and that's the remainder of of you know that injection of cash. So. It's still very much a movable feast. It's difficult because I would want us to, you know, I suppose really what I'm what I'm ideally looking for is absolute worst case scenario. Someone does come in with a bid, the business is accepted, the business is done. It's, it's very, very quick for, for Alfredo that we're able to respond just as quickly with another target that we've already got lined up and, and, and set in mind. Um, I know that Ruth from Leeds was obviously discussed. I still like him. I would still take him. I'm very. He's a cracking player. I mean, he is. If you haven't seen yeah. much of Kemar, folks, he's he's a cracking player. But also, Cammy, and let's not forget, this is important. That if we were to sign him, we could sign the roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Not because he would literally be on fire, but because metaphorically, after he scored a goal, we could sing that. We could. Um... And you I see where I'm going probably, with that, don't you? I, I do, but then I think you should probably see Martin Ramsey giving up his season ticket. Um, no, Ma- I think Ma- Martin, it, Martin frowns on on any sort of frippery. He does not like joviality. Martin, how do you feel about people who have the toilet roll the wrong way? Oh, I don't even see. And yeah, it's it, it, the reason it came to mind is my wife put the toilet roll uh, in my bathroom rather than in hers, and she did it the wrong way and I was like why, why would you why would you do that it, it doesn't matter and I thought that's the end of society as we fucking know it when we don't care about we're British for Christ's sake but yeah sorry I'm just, just a glimpse into my life can, can, can yeah. you can you imagine sorry Cammy can you imagine Big McGowan with that song Jesus Christ can you imagine someone sang it on his bus the, the, the bus convener um, who walks about looking for people might be having fun and ordering them off his bus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, you can sing when you finish your Sudoku. Um, <laughs> but no, I think um, I think from that aspect, we, we do need to make sure that we do have alternate options. And that can be very make or break for us. I mean, again, like you say, I think that we can always rely on Alfredo to, to score goals against pretty much anyone in the league. Um I would like to be able to buy a striker who's capable of scoring goals against Celtic because that would be, you know, a little bit of a nice change. Um, but again, that might be something that we we go with what we have at the moment and then potentially see changes again in January. Um, obviously, we were very close to that scenario about 18 months or so ago. Um, but my expectation, and I, listen, I'll be clear on this, and I, I'm not saying for a minute that we're getting shortchanged off Alfredo Morelos, absolutely not. But what I will say is that we've improved and increased his contract. Now, everybody knows that's with a view to being able to try and facilitate a move and then get money in for ourselves. Absolutely. But whilst he's here, whilst he's on that contract, as far as I'm concerned, he's been taken care of. So in that space, I would expect to see his absolute utmost. And that's what we would want from him. Um, and it comes 
comes back to probably what we've discussed in a number a number of different key positions, either centre half, left back, etc. Ideally, you do want two guys who are capable of fighting each other for that place. And if Alfredo can't do it, then I think Jermaine Defoe is an excellent substitute to be able to try and come on to to do that. Um, and we know the kind of treatment that Alfredo gets up here as well. Fortunately. Jermaine's got a little bit more experience in his head and, and he finds space that I think sometimes Morelos can't quite find yet. Uh, he's a little bit more direct, obviously a little bit more bullish, um, whereas Defoe, I think, is a little bit more wily. And um, that definitely can bode as well. Either one of them been sold, or obviously Morelos been sold, or Defoe getting an injury. You are. They're, they're, I, th- I, I think, yeah, there's definitely been a Tim who's taken a tinkle and you're in your gene pool there, Cammy. You're not allowed to sell things that you loan. Now I know that the, the trick back in the day <laughs> from those, from that lot was to go to Rumbelow's, get a telly and then it was out the I back for fifty yeah. quid. Yeah, but but yeah, trust no, me, I don't I don't we'll I don't think we can I don't think we can sell Jermaine. I mean I would like no. to so we could buy them ourselves, <laughs> yes. but yeah. Um no I think no, but as a, obviously sell it the us and keep the fee. Yeah, I think I think the, the main the main thing with the foe is you know, you can always trust them to create opportunities. You absolutely can. Um, his football and brain is second to none. It really, really is. Um, and we can absolutely tap into that. And I know that he's obviously said in some of the, the um, press conferences recently, he's really enjoying being at Rangers and actually wishes he was here before he came and had spent more time at the club. And I think we'll see a lot of our players getting the benefit of his experience as well. Um, it's tough. That, 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 that for me is the Rubik's Cube of the team. Apparently he's a vegan. Oh, really? Yeah, you get that these days. No, huh? no, no. Hmm? Listen, if it keeps you playing into your forties, then he can go as meat free as he wants. But oh. no, nah, that's not cricket. As soon as he retires, I want him having a steak. You want to take him out for a burger? So come on, right, Jermaine, sit down, right? Yeah, you're going to have this, and it's not going to be good for you, but you're, you're going to enjoy it. As you all know, I mean, I've I've got a very healthy diet, so uh, I, I feel I can comment on. On elite sportsmen and what they eat. To keep <laughs> the, the, the functioning diet of a thirteen-year-old boy. Do you think? Uh, do you think Jermaine Defoe eats pickled onion space raiders? He should. Everybody should. They're the greatest crisps that have ever been invented. Um, Hoggy's referring to folks that the fact my diet is basically I get up in the afternoon and have uh, Belvita breakfast biscuits for lunch, have two packs of space raiders, and at night I have a takeaway. But I'm very skinny, so it works. I mean, my inside look as though, you know, it, look, it looks like a Times flat when the CSA arrived, but that doesn't matter. Martin, moving on and back to the back to the serious stuff. We are not asking the squad to turn around a 20, 25 point deficit. We're not asking the squad to make a leap. I think that's unfair. Martin and I do the EPL show on the Heart and Hand Network on Patreon. And if we were to say to Manchester United, you need to win the league this year, that's insane, really, um, because they finished 30, 40 points behind. They're not going to make that up in one year. Rangers have chipped away at the last few years, haven't got as close as we'd like, but there is a feeling because of what's going on across the city. They've downgraded their manager. Their squad appears to be in a, a bit of a downgrade at the moment as well. They weren't as good last season. There were signs. I mean, this is not Rodgers' first season. Celtic were sending them into battle against. Is, or what rather, are the keys to making that leap? 
Um, well, you've already mentioned it. For the, I think for the first time since 2010, we've had a summer where we've added well to stability. Uh, I still think the the Warburton summer after winning the championship was uh, felt more kind of an attempt to be revolutionary and and, and failing, but but trying to bring that uh, that that level up considerably. And this this feels more more gradual. Uh, and more evolved, and that can only be good because the message, hopefully, um, is is getting through, and hopefully preseason has been targeted towards um, that more. Um, hopefully, the management team have learnt a few lessons um, away from home um, and how to turn draws into victories because that's it. That's the ball game. It isn't the old firm games. They will kind of cancel themselves out, probably as as they did last season. That's not why we 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 didn't win the title. Um, and just knowing how to to finish games off and, and see games out, uh, that's that's the key. Uh, I think Celtic are within range now, and I I didn't share the giddy optimism that, that you all had last summer about just how. Close we were. Had to, to get them. that in, didn't he? Had to twist the yeah. knife, you know. Imagine that. Uh, right? Fans being excited about the new season. Yeah, but I, they are in range, and for the first time since 2010, I think it is about what we do. I just didn't think we. It was too big an ask, I think, last summer of the management team and new players, so many new players, to make up that gap when Rogers was still there. And you know they, they weren't regressing too much. I would like to have seen them put under a lot more pressure than they were, uh, and hopefully that will happen this time because we know what will happen if they are put under pressure this time. And so for the first time, I think we're going to a season where we can see them, really see them close up. And it's now about what what we do, and really, as I said, how how well uh, the management team have used the summer learning lessons from. Therefore, the manager's a rookie, right? Uh, and his team isn't exactly his backroom team. I mean, isn't exactly chock full of of experience in those roles. So they're they're learning. Um, so hopefully, some of those lessons will have been learned, and they've been able to implement them. Um, and much of it, in terms of what we do, um, will be based around your, your your last discussion point, which is the the only concern I have. Right now, it's the only concern I had at the end of May uh, about how we handle this Morelos situation post-September if there is no bid. And that is, that's a worry. Or if there is a bid at the 11th hour and we have not prepared for it. Uh, I was told to stop worrying and it's August and Thursday. So I'll still have a little bit of concern until that's resolved one way or the other. Um, but it, it is a frustration. It's a frustration for everybody. The manager's clearly frustrated, um, but he needs to do better just in general about cooling that frustration when he speaks to the media. Because um, it's not the first time he's basically singled a player out um, for, for things like that. And the player is incredibly frustrated. And that doesn't bode well for being able... Because that's football. Sometimes a deal can't be done. You know what I mean? Sometimes there just isn't the interest there that we believe should be there. Mm. And... Well, that's going to be a big test of of Gerard's management, uh, how he how he handles that, because we know what happened with the China thing um, a couple of years ago. Um, it, it it could take a while to to get right, and it's, it's the only area of the pitch 
and we didn't get it right last year, there's mitigation because we had the whole fucking team and culture to change. And up the, the Lafferty deal came too late, and we, you know, and yeah, but it, it made sense at the time, right? It, it, it did. did. And we were left with Sadiq in the, the League Cup final, uh, semi-final, um, because it, we were too late with that business. And it, everything else, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really comfortable, positive with, because we're building and building. Um, but it's just how that looks, how that tip of the team looks um, from the end of the month. If he was a wrestler, can he be the ultimate warrior? Well, he would. I mean, let's face so, I mean, it's you always you get that point on Martin's shows where he, you know, he is like Hulk Hogan. He is standing there just drawing the energy from the crowd and getting second win. And that's when he gets <laughs> off his knee and he, you know, he comes up from the the headlock and you know he chucks the guy out anyway. Um, but as always, Martin makes tremendous points, and one of them is something which which I suppose is a bit of a kind of flag for me, which is where. Um, We've discussed many times, um, again, on, on the Heart and Hand Network, uh, as, as we're coming into this season, Celtic have regressed. Um, they are not gaining a lot of um, fan favour by, you know, obviously giving Neil Lennon the job permanently. I think that that is going to, to, to tip in our favour if Lennon's unable to, to get the results. What I'm, what, the reason why I would mention that is because I... I'm very conscious. I'm not seeing a, a development from Gerard being able to disassociate himself from things. He sometimes gets a little bit too personal with things. And I think that Lennon will try, he, he'll try and make it personal because he, he can run yeah. a culture of massive victimisation. And in and, and, and some cases in that regard, he's like the conspiracy cheerleader. He's done that before. He's done that, obviously, when he was in the job he's in now. What we need to ensure and what Gerard needs to ensure is that he doesn't get drawn into that. He needs to completely disassociate and separate himself from any kind of conversation, comment, snide remark, anything which is said to within which he can potentially have a bite on. Now, I'm not suggesting for a single minute Neil Lennon wins a psychological war against Gerard, but he has to be very cautious about the things that he decides to come up against because you know how the media will twist Celtic losing away somewhere and blaming the pitch or blaming the time or blaming the fixture or the fact that the sun came up that morning and Gerard will be asked about it. And what my hope is that he continues doing in, in previous conferences where he will turn around and go, that's nothing to do with me, I'm not going to comment on it. That's his staple line. Even if Lennon does go into the really personal aspects of it, because he'll do it because whether he chooses to admit it or not, he's incredibly limited as a manager. But this is where he gets his bread and butter from, and that's where he, he starts to unify the fans. When they start to turn, and they will start to turn, he will start putting out the rallying cries to be able to try and bring them all together. We should just allow our enemy to continue making mistakes and just leave them to it, not even bother kind of getting into it. And that's something which I want to make sure Gerard is very conscious of. As this season progresses, two two parts to that, Cammy, isn't there? The first part is almost, you know, it's, it's the advice that Gerard's given to Morelos or the orders: stay down and count to ten. He needs to do that himself uh, and and bite his tongue. It's that kind of stock answer. The second part to it is Gerard and the rest of our management team and our players and our support 
need to look over that fence. And it's it's not a highly paid Brendan Rodgers who brought a professionalism. Uh, for all we can laugh at, Brendan Rodgers as a bit of a kind of jokey parody uh, teeth figure. Um, he did bring a bit of a professionalism to that squad who'd gone from Lennon to, to Mad Ronnie to, to Brendan Rodgers. Celtic have regressed. Celtic offered a sexist, racist, misogynist manager the job in the showers with a towel around them after the cup final. That's how much the professionalism over there has gone down the pan. And that's what Rangers, as a whole, need to remember when, when that psychological nonsense will inevitably start. It will get personal. That That's the staple of victimhood, but that's what we need to remember at every single turn. Okay then, folks, that will do us for our season opening roundup. We'll be back next Monday, and that's us live for the season. And of course, Heart Hand Extra will return next week as well. We're looking forward to what promises to be a very exciting season. And if you want to go through it with us day by day, then all you need to do is go to our Patreon site. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Heart Hand, where you will get between three and five new shows every single day on everything to do with the Bears and everything to do with the Bears in the past as well. We do history, we do current events, we do comedy, we do other football, we do other things and it's like a staunch Netflix. You don't have to listen to all of it. You can pick and choose your favourites. I mean, I never listen to anything that Cammy's on, for example. But... If you don't want to do that, then you're insane and you can still, though, keep up to date with us and our two free shows every single week. I'd just like to thank our executive producers uh, at, uh, at Playback Media, Mr. Paul Lee and Mr. Uh, sorry, Mr. Paul Myers and Mr. Mike Lee. Not Mike Myers, that would be <laughs> a very, very frightening development over, over the summer. And to thank my guests. First of all, the splendid Mr. Ian Hogg. Pleasure, mate. Good to be back. The tremendous Mr. Cameron James Bell. Ian, Martin, a pleasure as always. And of course, the overjoyed and positive Mr. Martin Ramsey. I'm delighted to be back and thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Thank you for listening, folks. I'm very much looking forward to going through this season with you because I think it is going to finally, finally be our year. We'll be here every single kick of the ball. And, uh, well, let's go. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.